Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Our scripture reading today is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 21. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. This season on Sanctified in Truth, we're thinking toward Christmas. And this week in particular, I want us to look at passages in the Old Testament that give us a fuller understanding of Christmas. So today we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3 and understand why there even needed to be a Christmas. Genesis 3 is the story of humanity's rebellion. God created Adam and Eve and placed them in perfect surroundings, and they rebelled. They pushed back against the word of God and questioned what God said. They rebelled against the character of God by questioning God's goodness. Adam and Eve wanted the ability to decide for themselves what was good and what was not. They wanted to be in control, and they acted as if they knew better than God. Now, before we cast too many aspersions against Adam and Eve, we all need to confess that we have followed in their footsteps and done the exact same things. That rebellion, it's called idolatry. It's putting ourselves above God. Idolatry is directing our hearts toward our desires and our lives instead of toward God. It's an attempt to knock God off his throne so that we can try and make room for us. What we need to understand is that there are consequences for idolatry. If God is the creator and sustainer of life, what do you have when you reject him? All that's left is death. Rejecting God is like refusing to breathe. Rejecting God brings two kinds of death. One is physical, but the other is spiritual. It's a death that's a break in our fellowship with God. It's a death where guilt and shame replace love and intimacy. In light of the spiritual death that sin brought, God explained the curse that was coming upon the world. Husbands and wives who were created to be one flesh would be divided. Man, who was created to work the ground, would labor, but now that labor would prove hostile and futile as the ground would not always produce fruit, but sometimes produce thorns and thistles. What Genesis shows us is that our greatest need in life is to be reconciled to God. We need our relationship with Him restored. The problem is sin stands in the way. So there in the midst of giving this curse, God promises that there will be a seed of the woman who will destroy the serpent. In other words, one will come from a woman who will defeat sin and the curse once and for all. But look at the curse he gives Eve. He tells her that her pain will be multiplied in childbirth. Before sin, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. But now, because of sin, God is saying that the giving of life will bring pain. I want us to think about how this applies to Jesus for a moment. Jesus was born of a woman to end the curse. 
But it was through the curse that the curse would be defeated. It was through this painful act of childbirth that the curse would be upended. See, in Jesus' birth, he did the same thing he did when on the cross he defeated death through death. Christmas is a reminder that Jesus took the curse on himself as human. He was born. He lived. He experienced pain. He even wore a crown made of those thorns that were a sign of the curse. And he died so that our relationship with God could be restored. Why do we have a Christmas? We have a Christmas because we brought sin into the world. And so God sent Jesus to remove it. As I think about that, I can't help but think of the words of Isaac Watts' hymn. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. As we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage tell me about God? How does God deal with sin? It's through sacrifice. God delayed Adam and Eve's punishment as he offered a sacrifice for them. When Jesus began his ministry, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's that idea of sacrifice again. When Jesus died on the cross, he offered himself as a sacrifice. And as he died, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom so that God could signify that access to his presence was available again because of the sacrifice of his son. See, Christmas is a reminder that all the problems we see in the world were created by sin. And if I may be so bold, they were created by our sin. But we serve such a great and gracious God that he's made provision available in Jesus to care for our sin and to make fellowship possible with him once again. The second question we want to ask is, what does this passage reveal to me about myself and about humanity in general. The passage is a reminder that beneath all our problems are spiritual realities. Now that's not to say if you have an aching back or you lost a job, it's because of specific sin in your life. But there is a necessary reminder that all the problems we have in our world find their genesis in the curse that sin brought. Sin always hurts. It always destroys and damages. Whatever it touches, it kills. Whenever we're tempted to sin, we need to realize the cost that our sin has brought and turn instead to the life that God offers in Christ. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage call me to do? The curse came because humanity thought they could do God's job better than he could. But the curse is proof that we can't. Today's a day to celebrate God's authority in your life. It's a day to honor him for being in charge. Think about this. We wanted to use our power to make ourselves great. But in the curse, in his promise... 
God is promising that he is going to use his infinite power to make Jesus Christ nothing so that he could come and defeat sin. That in crushing the head of the serpent, his heel would be bruised. It would cost him something. That's what kind of a God we serve. See, if sin is wanting independence from God, then surely there's nothing more righteous than seeking to grow closer to him in relying on him in total dependence. And as I think about what Jesus did, when I think about who Jesus is, I want today to be a day to lean on him in every decision I make, to evaluate how he would think about everything I say, to filter everything I am, everything I want, and everything I do through a desire to please him and in total dependence on him. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Psalm 72. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Thank you.